0: Welcome to It's a Good Good Podcast. My name is Hayden. I'm Chris. I'm Harry. And yeah, we're just a bunch of guys having talks about theology, the Bible, and God. And basically our whole goal is just to be accessible to anyone, that you don't need a theology seminary degree right. to be able to talk about God. We definitely.
1: want to make it easy and I
2: definitely don't have any of those degrees. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: That's
1: so true, though. I mean, you just have to be interested in it, mm. all the information's out there. All but, right,
0: um, so we've meticulously worked our way through Genesis 1, 2, and 3. Mm. And our goal is to get from Genesis 1 through Genesis 11. That's, that's our goal in this little series that we've created. So
2: today, we're going to do 4 through 11. No ifs, ands, or buts.
0: That's, yeah, that's no. our goal.
2: I don't care if this is a four-hour episode. <laughs> no.
0: Here we go. So we, go. we started by working. Uh, I'll just kind of give an overview of all of it, and um, starting with Genesis 1 and working all the way through 11. Um, And then we'll go back and talk about all of it. Mm -hmm. So Genesis 1 begins with a... uh, We'll call it a poetic narrative account of the creation of heaven and earth, which is by God speaking it into existence. He separates, he orders, he fills creation. And then he gives over the stewardship of the heavens to the sun, moon, and stars. He gives over the stewardship of the earth to the humans. And then in Genesis 2, we see a creation um, narrative that looks pretty different um, and has more of like a interaction between God, like a more personal interaction between God and the human, which he makes first um, in that account of creation. And they... They're planted in a beautiful garden, and they're they're charged to take care of that garden. But in the midst of that garden is a tree that um, God says don't eat from it. So we get to Genesis three, and there's this serpent that is telling Eve, who has been created to be the helper or the salvation of of man, and um, the serpent says, Actually, God's holding out on you. If you eat this the fruit of this tree, you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. And so they eat both the man and or both the woman and the man with her, and then God finds out about it and he pronounces a judgment on the serpent. And curses it and says that, you know, what you've done will will have impact on humanity, but also humanity will, in the end, um, crush you. And then um, there's a judgment on the woman and then a judgment on the earth, which the man has been given to take care of. So then we get to Genesis 4 and the... Adam and Eve, human and life, um, create new life and they they have a son. And in fact, they have two sons. Um, A man child. Yes, a man child. (laughs) I have gotten a man child, um, (laughs) as she says. And so. Even
2: with terrible childbirth, that's the first thing she says.
0: I have gotten a man child.
2: With the help of the Lord.
0: So, Cain and Abel are two sons of Eve and. They one, one of them, um, Cain, he is kind of a, a, like a farmer. And then Abel is kind of pictured as a rancher, so to speak. One takes care of crops. The other takes care of um, animals. And we see them going to God and offering up sacrifices. And for whatever reason, we'll talk about this, um, God favors Abel's sacrifice um, as opposed to Cain. Cain gets upset. We see a conversation between Cain and God, and God's like, Hey, it's fine that you're upset, but just, you know, do the right thing and it'll be okay. Cain does not do that. Um, Cain, in fact, kills his brother, and then he is cursed from the ground um, in a kind of similar way as the ground was cursed earlier.
2: And that was actually so, as a reader, this is one of the things that was kind of like uh, put to rest in me, and th- that it wasn't done until reading through this, this mm-hmm. time around, and it wasn't in the NIV, it was in the NASB. Um, the ground is cursed in, in Genesis 3. Yeah, Cursed is the ground because of you. And I think the question that I and everyone asks is like, what the heck, God? Why do you favor Abel's offering and you don't favor Cain's offering? Like, I don't get it. It seems super unfair. Mm -hmm. Um, Up until this point, God pretty much seems like someone who's willing to give second chances, who's benevolent, you know, who um, punishes people when they do wrong, but not, you know, like, not for no reason. But knowing that in the end of Genesis 3, like 10 sentences earlier, cursed is the ground because of what you just did, it kind of makes sense that since Cain is a tiller of the ground, and Cain gives offering of this cursed ground, he's the one that God is not
0: necessarily favoring. That's an interesting thought. Yeah, yeah. I like that. We well, can continue to explore that. Once again, like,
2: design patterns, right? Yeah. Like, we've talked about yeah. how ground and dirt and Adam and all these things is a pattern. And, like, this is, like, finally, I've been super ticked off for, like, a long time about this. Like, wh- why? we Like, mm-hmm. so many people are like, I don't know why God favors. in like, life's not fair, whatever they want to say, but, like, 10 sentences earlier, you kind of get an explanation. It's not necessarily making it okay, but it makes sense.
0: Yeah. Totally. And so we see, we remember we picked up in Genesis, in Genesis 3, God says, the seed of the woman will be in conflict with the seed of the serpent. And so after that happens with Cain, you kind of get this you realize that the seed of the serpent is living in Cain. um, And we'll explore that. But you then get Cain's lineage as it works down through the nations. And you see evil just kind of continue to grow and grow and grow. But then it zooms back in Genesis 5 and gives us a lineage of the woman, um, which works its way down to Noah. So then... In Genesis 6, we see that God, some, some crazy weirdness happens with uh, the sons of God, which we'll talk about, and um, between the sons of God and humans, and things are going very poorly on the earth. And in fact, God sees that every intent of man's heart is evil all the time. Um, and so that's, that's really bad. <laughs> yeah, that's very, very bad. Um, and so he sets forth a plan to cleanse the earth of that evil, but he notices that Noah is the one exception to that.
2: Kind of a contradiction. Yeah, you know.
0: Yeah. So he um, he puts together a plan beginning in Genesis 7 to save noah but not only noah but also his family and then all of you know a select portion of creation along with him in an ark and so noah presumably builds that ark and then a flood begins on all the earth and everything dies except that which is on the ark Um, but then in genesis 8 After quite some time of being in the ark um, with just Noah and his family and the birds and the creatures that he took with him, God remembers Noah and the waters subside from the earth. And God promises that he will never do that again. Um, And so then in Genesis 9, yeah, God makes that promise to to uh noah that he'll never flood the earth again and so we're like okay cool this is exciting but then the very next story one of noah's sons shames noah in a way that we don't necessarily know how to comprehend it and we realize that the seed of the serpent is still at large in humanity um and so genesis 10 we pick up from where we left off in Genesis uh, 4, and we see this, this lineage of the seed of the serpent go down through um, another, another family line. Mm. And then in Genesis 11, we get this story that is the climax of that lineage, where they, they come together to build a tall tower to make for themselves a name and to become great in their own eyes, and then God decides this is not good. And so he scatters them abroad. And then at the end of Genesis 11, that lineage of the seed of the woman picks up again. And it leads us to Abram,
1: who launches us into the rest of the story.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Abram
1: is just a very minor character in the Bible. Yeah. Very, very minor
2: <laughs> It's only like the next 20 chapters after that.
0: Yeah. yeah so that's, that's an overview of Genesis 1 through 11. Um, Easy. It is a crazy story. But yeah, let's let's talk about starting with Genesis four since we've already kind of gone in detail. What did you guys notice in Genesis four?
2: Well,
1: well I, I know you said you wanted to come back to something, right?
2: Well I want to go back through all of it. Like, <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. Gonna, we're gonna go through all of it with yeah. Blacktooth Come. Yeah, absolutely. On one specific thing.
0: Yeah. So I mean the first thing that's interesting, you you mentioned you were frustrated that we see god favor Cain or god favor Abel's sacrifice mm-hmm. as opposed to Cain's and the question is why yeah. what's mm-hmm. the deal with that
2: and and i don't know if that's the fair question to ask but like just like god telling Abraham to kill Isaac which we'll talk about at some point
1: mm-hmm. it
2: just to to a reader like myself who doesn't necessarily know or hasn't meditated on it long enough or whatever.
1: Yeah. It
2: just seems wrong. It seems like God is a bad guy. It seems like he's, he's not whatever, you know, it, mm-hmm. I, I pass judgment when I read that. But once again, just looking at the design patterns in this particular place, it was just close enough that like, I was like, Oh, like he just cursed the ground. No duh, He doesn't while he just cursed the ground 30 years ago or 20 years ago. I don't like, yeah. it, it, it's pretty fresh. Ago, yeah, yeah. We don't know. And we really have no idea. So like mm-hmm. that, once again, I don't know if it made it right. I don't know if it made it okay. It just made it make sense, which, sure. when I read the Bible, um, that might be like a little bit of my own agenda. Like I want it to make sense. I want it to, and, and the things that really don't make sense, I think that there's probably a reason for them. Yeah. So that was that was definitely helpful for me.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I I think a lot of people have a problem with this, and I do too sometimes. And I I think what's hard too is, is we get we get this part of the story because it's important but we don't get any other part of the story like a lot of people try to read into like maybe Cain wasn't like didn't have the right mind about his offering maybe he wasn't mm-hmm. giving it with good intentions we don't get any of that no so we we yeah. probably shouldn't guess that and we don't even know like this this probably wasn't the first offering they ever brought to God maybe mm-hmm. sometimes God favored one over the other and maybe right. sometimes he didn't we we have no idea but i think yeah the point of this is how Cain reacted to that Mm-hmm. being well, favored and that
2: and also how God reacts or excuse me the Lord <laughs> how yeah. the Lord reacts just like when Adam's like hey I knew I was naked he's not like smite thee right now mm-hmm. he's like what are you gonna do with it like why are you angry like what why is your face downcast or why is your kind of like he's he's not immediately um, damning that piece of it yeah like, he's like what you do is the important part and right just like Adam before him
1: Cain right. decides
2: he's... to take the wrong path
1: I agree. I always see this part as like kind of like a fatherly thing, mm-hmm. like asking why you're angry and then like giving them a chance to like process that. But obviously, Cain doesn't want anything to do with it. Yeah,
2: and and Hayden, I I you said this twice throughout the story. Like, the serpent is still playing a part in these stories. Um, are you talking about the sin is shooting at your door piece, or is there other other?
0: Yeah. So so part of part of what we noticed in Genesis three is that. He says, I will put, God says, I will put enmity between your seed and the seed of the woman. Mm -hmm. And so we're supposed to, I think, take that and go, okay, what is this? What is this conflict that's going to happen between the offspring of the woman Mm -hmm. and then the offspring of the serpent? And then the next story is of two offspring of the woman. And you were like, okay, well, we haven't seen any offspring of the serpent. We don't see any serpents lying around, but we do see some offspring of the woman, and there are two of them. So let's let's see what happens with that. And then one of them does something, and then we we get this name. Yeah, sin is crouching at your door.
2: Is is that the first time that the word sin is used? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So sin is yeah. Where yeah. where does sin come from? What does that mean? If it, if this is the first time it's used, because once again, as a reader,
1: I yeah, feel like I feel like if, if like, so. That word is, is interesting. Sin is a hard word um, because it's one of those words that we just, this is pretty much the only context we use it in. It's pretty much, it, it encompasses a lot of things. Like sin is a very big word. It's not just one thing. Um, I can give you the definition that's in the BEB, which is just evil doing seen in religious perspective. And that's taking a very broad view of it. Um, mm. There's also like the literal sense of sin is missing the mark, like trying to hit a target and being on Isn't target. that Greek? Yeah, that's Greek. So like, but we, the problem is, is we have this word that we throw in all over to cover different things. And sometimes it'll even be like transgression or it'll be like all these other words and we just Mm -hmm. slap sin on it. Mm -hmm. So here, I mean, disobeying God is probably like really what the best like uh, definition we can get from it.
2: Yeah, I was hoping that you would say, "Oh, it's the same word as the knowledge of the tree of good and oh. that word." Yeah, but it's yeah. not. It's not.
1: I, I kind of, I kind of hate this word because it's so all-encompassing. Mm-hmm. Like it, it doesn't really help us to define it, mm-hmm. which is really annoying. Yeah, yeah,
0: but I think I think we are supposed to connect it with the disobedience that happens earlier. Right. But now, where that was like a direct command, like mm-hmm. "Don't do this," and then they do it. Now we have something that's more vague and more broad and so it's like hey Cain really as far as we know didn't do anything wrong. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. the only the only detail we get is that Abel, Abel brought his offering from the firstlings of his flock and it doesn't say anything about Cain's. So Here, we
2: offering to the Lord of the fruit of the ground.
0: Yeah, it just says of the fruit. If If it said of the firstlings of his Mm -hmm, fruit, maybe we would have, you know, maybe that would show us something. But probably the lack of um, description gives us a little indication, another possibility as to what's going on here. Maybe Abel Abel said, you know what, this is the first goat that's ever been born to me. I'm going to give that to God, and then Cain looks over and is like, oh, I'll give some of these yeah. leftover grapes to but God. We don't know. We don't know. I think, yeah, know. Yeah. I think that's all. Yeah. It's all speculation, yeah. but this is I think this is part of what we're supposed to be doing. So when we talk about meditation literature, we are, when there's vagueness and where there's confusion, I think we're supposed to see that as intentional vagueness and confusion. Mm-hmm. And so then we look back at the few details that are given to us, that Ooh. being one of them, to try and fill in some of the pieces. But we had this command in Genesis 3 that was directly broken. Now we have something that it seems like both characters are doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. And favor lands on one of them and not on the other. And so Mm -hmm. then we ask the question, why? And probably Cain is asking that same question of himself. Mm -hmm. And he's getting upset. And so sin hasn't happened yet. There was nothing sinful there. But he says, hey, don't you know, it's, you know, I see that you're upset. Like, why are you upset? Don't you know if you just do the right thing, like, you'll you'll feel better about he, it. He gives
2: them both sides. He's like, if yeah. you do well, you know, you're, it's going to be good. And if you're not do well, you're going to get screwed. Yeah. yeah.
1: Sin is
0: crouching
1: at the door. And yeah. desire, desire is for you. Is for you yeah. but and you think, must master it. I think, too, this is... This is pretty gracious of God. I don't know that... I think we always see the first part and we just get kind of angry at God. Mm-hmm. And we go, why are you picking one over the other? But really, I mean, Cain has no reason to be upset with God. Like, mm-hmm. everything he has is because of God. Okay. Like, if we take this kind of from a big perspective, and the fact that he's angry at God and God's still okay with it and wants to, like, help him with it, mm-hmm. it is. Like, it's pretty awesome.
2: Yeah. And, and once again, the, the patterns of the ground and the ground and also... It's desires for you. Like there's quite a bit of desiring that wasn't very good in the last chapter. Um, Sin is crouching at your door. Like that piece is kind of whatever, but like it, 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 it makes sin like an animal like picture in our heads, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. we just, like we just talked about, right? Like there's this conflict between an animal and a human that didn't end up well. Um, And he's like, you can master this, like you can beat it. Um, He's trying to like not recreate the same problem that just happened a chapter ago. And then Cain told Abel his brother, interesting, there's a lot of vagueness there. And it came about when they were in the field that Cain rose up and killed Abel.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, what you're saying I think is totally right and exactly what this whole, the point of this whole thing is, Mm -hmm. is so in Genesis 3, we get this animal that is deceiving. And then in Genesis 4, we get a vague depiction of an animal-like something Mm -hmm. called sin Mm -hmm. and it its goal is to devour Mm -hmm. cain unless cain masters over it he doesn't and he kills abel which we know that's bad like you know it's like hey did did cain do something wrong here like now he does like he does something very bad and so i think we are supposed to say oh Here's where that seed of the serpent right. is. It now has taken over Cain mm-hmm. and entered in to humanity through Cain,
2: and and not so much. Um, I, I think the design pattern of sin as an animal is an important one for us to at this point. Yeah. We've seen it twice. Yep. Yep. Put it in our pockets, take it with us, because like totally. it, it, it's it's going to be replayed a number of different times with that same kind of language. Um, I think was what I'm like okay, so the serpent's the bad guy, the serpent's going to be around. Like, the Bible's not, it doesn't take that exact character and just, like, put, put him in to the next chapter. It does it in a little bit different way each and every time. Mm-hmm. So, like, I like to think of, it. okay, like, the ground is cursed. He's a tiller of the ground. It's going to be bad. Um, the, the, the serpent is a bad animal. It, it, it deceives people. It makes them do wrong. Later when I see those different design patterns, i got to be like, oh, wow, shouldn't do this. This should not end up this way. And sadly here it does.
1: Yeah. I think this story is very confusing but it is I I do think what we need to take out of it is um the seed of the man which is the seed of um Satan but also yeah the personification we're getting here of sin is super mm-hmm. important and so we we see that sin has some sort of power over humanity we don't yeah. know exactly what it is mm-hmm. but it clearly influenced Cain Yeah and it's,
0: God, very, it's very powerful. Yeah, God seems to think, though, that we can master over it. Right. Yes. That's interesting. Apparently, we have more power than it, you but yeah, must we, master we it. can let it master us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which, mm-hmm. you know, if we're continuing the animal versus human thing, mm-hmm. we would expect that humans should be able to master over it because that was their task. Mm-hmm. That, that yeah. is the task they were given. Yeah. And, then, um,
2: and then God does, excuse me, Yeah. then the Lord does the same thing as he did to Adam. Yeah. He's not like... I know you just killed your brother, Right. you're cursed. He gives him, he gives, like, once again, the the whole choice between Cain and Abel has bothered me for a long time. I think that's finally, like, come to rest in me. Mm. And still here in Genesis 4, verse 9, God is still this, like, benevolent, second chances kind of guy. Yeah. And even when he curses, you know, Cain, which we'll get to, he's, he's, he's still going to give him a little something. He, yeah. he, he makes it so he can't be killed, you know? Like, it's very interesting.
1: Yeah. It's. So, I think this is such a sassy remark. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: yeah. I'm not my brother's keeper. It is like, so sassy. It's like such a
0: childlike response. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That is interesting too. Before the curse happens, once again, God gives Cain the opportunity <laughs> to fess up mm-hmm. a little bit, and he doesn't. So he
2: doesn't. And also, Adam previously, he fesses up, and he does it in, like sort of a wimpy way. Yeah. He basically blames God and blames the woman. Here, Cain just straight up lies. He says, yeah, "I do worse. not know." Yeah, it yep. is getting worse. The reactions are getting worse.
1: Yep. It's yeah, lies.
0: Yeah. So then I think if you're like, What what are you talking about with the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent thing? And like I feel like maybe we're reading into it. The actual the next part which most of us are liable to skip is a genealogy. And mm-hmm. I think the the genealogies are actually really key to be able to trace that idea between the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent. Mm-hmm. Because the seed is, is what we're talking about. The offspring, mm-hmm. so well, from in, Cain.
2: In NASB, they use seed. Yeah. In NIV, they use offspring. So, yeah. like, that's kind of nice reading between them because it's like, oh, yeah. offspring. Like, seed is kind of a, a weird word. Mm-hmm. But then, you, when you read offspring, then you then read a genealogy two chapters later, you're like, oh, this is this is important.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, from the offspring of Cain, we get a list of people, and then in one of those, we get a li- a tiny little vignette. Mm-hmm. Of this guy named Lamech who takes two wives, and you're like, wait a second, that's that seems weird. wrong. <laughs> yeah, and then and then it just kind of keeps going, and yeah. then comes back and is like, oh, and by the way, Lamech kills a guy um, for basically no reason. That guy was actually a boy, and yeah. it was, the boy hit him, and so well, yeah, I, Lamech I, kills him, or he kills two guys. Yeah, for
2: I've killed a man for wounding me and a boy for striking me. So yeah. it's like, is is the boy a man and he kills him, or did he wound a yeah. man? It's like. Well, this guy's a bad guy.
0: Yeah. He's got yeah. two
2: wives. It's like, that hasn't happened up until this point. That seems kind of wrong to anybody. And then he's killed some people and kind of boasts about it. Yeah.
0: And then he says what What was given to the? You know, Cain, I, if he was avenged seven times, I'm avenged 77 times. And so we're supposed to see that Lamech, Lamech's like, hey – do you think I'm the seed of Cain? Mm-hmm. Yep, I am. <laughs> and by the way, it's worse than it was before. So we're supposed to be tracking that this the seed of the serpent is thriving through the offspring of Cain, and it's
1: growing, it's getting exponentially worse. It's getting bad.
2: Yeah, I like, yeah, we'll get to the genealogies here in just a second. It
1: is weird that we get, like, after verse 24, we, we get verse 25, which go back... Which goes back to them having children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know if that's supposed to be like, is it supposed to say next, like this happened next, or if this is just giving us information. Well, this in this,
2: this has happened before, right? So we've gone through Genesis one, where it gives mm-hmm. us this story, and then Genesis two takes a couple steps back. Mm-hmm. So then we go through three and four, which gives us some more, more of a story, and, and it goes through a lot of different generations. Introduces Lamech to us, and then it goes back again to Adam of having Seth in place yeah. of Abel
1: yeah
2: so it's it's, it's a weird kind of like it's like memento right it's it's like <laughs> starts at this point it gets to that point and then we go back with a week and then it goes yeah. a little bit longer it's very interesting how it, how the narrative is written but I think I, I think that I actually don't know but I would assume that that might be um, not not uncommon for this type of literature
1: yeah I don't know I, it also seems too like a funny place to break it if I was gonna break this I probably would have we probably break it so that we start with the genealogy, but it mm-hmm. seems like you could start with Adam having relations and then go to this. Right. Yeah, because and it goes back to Adam, but it y-
0: doesn't matter. Yeah. So I think I think part again the reason why for me they did it this way is to show that we're in, intentionally putting these two genealogies next side to each side. other on purpose to be like here's the seed of the serpent, here's the seed of the woman, um, and then yeah to to also show that the seed of the woman is not um, following that same line as the seed of of the serpent and of Cain. Um, the woman says that God has appointed me this child, where there's some discrepancy about when Cain is born. Right. It's possible that Eve was kind of boasting in the birth of Cain. So
2: yeah, that that part yeah. I I've heard that before too, yeah. and she's like. I have gotten a man child. In the NIV, it says, like,
0: with I have, the help of the Lord. Well,
2: it says with the help of the Lord in the NASB too. Yeah. But she says, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. Mm-hmm. So uh, she might be. I have
0: brought forth a man. Yeah, right. And
2: she yeah. might be trying to like equalize her bringing forth a man from her body with God, what we just read, bringing yeah. forth a woman from man. Right. This one, you're right. She says, God has appointed me. It's like God has given me a gift, yeah. another offspring. It, it is, you know, that once again. We might be reading into it a little bit too much, but once again, the design pattern of brought forth from the previous chapter mm-hmm. gives me a thought that she's like equalizing herself with God as opposed to later in that chapter where she's like, thank you for this gift, God. Yeah,
0: right. Yeah, exactly. So so then we get to Genesis 5, um, which I, I wonder if this was another um, Genesis 1 sort of story um, just because it starts with this is the book of the generations of Adam in the day when God created man he made them in the likeness of God he created them male and female and he blessed them and so it like it literally says almost the exact same thing as Genesis 1 so either it's like By the way, let's go back and remember this, Mm -hmm. or maybe this is a a third-generation account here that is kind of just breezing through all that stuff. I don't really know.
2: One thing I really like, though, is like you read Genesis 1, and you're like, this is super different. The language is super different than Genesis 2. Should it be in there? Should it not be in there? Here we are in Genesis 5, taking language from, not Genesis 2... Genesis 1. He does that. He created them male and female, and he blessed them and named them. That's all Genesis 1 language.
1: The image of God. Right. But then it's combining it with Genesis 2 language and having Adam, which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So once again, like, when we're reading Genesis 1 and 2 in a vacuum, we're -hmm. like, these are completely different. Why? But then the design patterns of both are then used to even enhance or at the very least repeat the message over and over.
1: Yeah. And uh, absolutely. Like, we don't really... It, we have no idea how Genesis came to be about um, what we have. I mean, we know we've had it for a long time and that people have used it in this state for thousands of years, but we don't really know how it was originally constructed. And obviously, uh, it, Moses could have been involved in some of it, but couldn't have been involved in all of it mm-hmm. just because of the stories of Genesis. But um, what, what's so interesting is, I, I mean, they, they wanted to include this for a reason. Yeah. Like, if they just wanted one story... To make it easy, they could have done that.
2: Yeah, and I think I'm I'm like an extremes kind of guy, so it probably wasn't these two extremes. It probably wasn't Moses wrote the whole 50 chapters, Mm -hmm. one through 50, pen and paper, and then was like, here you go, no edits needed. And it also probably wasn't there was a bunch of pieces of paper blowing through the wind, (laughs) and we caught them all together, and we completely changed them all up, but it was like completely randomness that we all edited. But it's probably somewhere in between there, right? It's It's probably... A combination yeah. of a number of different things and a number of different
1: edits. And we can talk about that for a long time. But when you look at how the Bible... Like, even how the Bible describes itself being put together, it's, mm-hmm. it's usually God telling somebody to write something down. Right. So... And it's usually the event that they're in. Mm-hmm. Or it's, like, p- past the event that's happened. But, yeah, I mean, it, this was written by humans, but divinely inspired. But it could have been multiple humans. Like, because there's so many... It, it's just like having different um, points of view of the um the gospel like these could just be three different points of view of genesis from three three different people we have we really don't know but yeah they don't conflict in a way that breaks our theology which is pretty cool
0: yeah um and so we get this genealogy in genesis 5 i mean that's basically the whole thing is a genealogy from adam all the way down to noah we get one specific little thing that's different and interesting in there. We, it settles in on Enoch for a second and it's mm-hmm, like dude. Enoch walked with God and then he was not for okay. God took him.
2: Okay, and let's get derailed because yeah. this was the chapter. Like you, like right, everyone gets this part, everyone hates this part. I, I do not like this chapter. So like, okay, first things first. Yeah. I'm not going to make a big stink about the numbers, the, the ages of people. You know, not going to not going to be like, oh, it's not possible for humans to live 900 some years. But at this point, we've said and I know that numbers are important to Genesis, to the Bible. (laughs)
0: Yeah.
2: What what's the important part here? Like, I I cannot for the life of me understand we go through this repetition. We understand repetition is important. So and so lives this many years. So and so. And he had other brother had other sons and daughters Mm -hmm. and then he died. You know, we'll talk about the other pieces. But like, what's going on? with the years with the ages yeah. I have no idea
1: I don't know either yeah, right. it never occurred to me so I didn't even I I just went right over that yeah yeah so <sighs> so here's <laughs>
0: here's when I was reading this this morning um the thing that I've heard about this and that I noticed again when I was listening to it was you know he lived a bunch of bunch of years he had other sons and daughters and then he died mm-hmm. he lived a bunch bunch of years he had other sons and daughters then he died Lived a bunch, bunch of years, you know, so on, uh, yeah. and then he died. Um, and so what I've heard about this is the the and then he died is supposed to be the thing that we're actually really noticing in this sure. section. Yeah, and I, um, I think that's
2: important, right? Because when God says you will surely die, the serpent says you won't mm-hmm. surely die. He kind of alludes to all the days, and he says kind of you'll die. But here, this is where you're like, oh, God didn't lie.
0: Yeah,
2: God actually was telling the truth. They they are going to die.
1: Yeah, I guess that makes. Sorry, but But I'm sure you're you're honing in on Enoch and why it's different. Well, yeah,
2: we'll talk about that. What the heck's up with that? Yeah.
1: I mean, I'll let you finish. Um, Yeah, so
0: I think what I was starting to wonder is because there are ancient Near Eastern um, mythologies that had a very similar way of talking about their kings, except they didn't die. Like, it was, they lived... 1,000, 10,000, 5,000 years, right. and then they, they ascend into the heavens or whatever. They, they don't die. And so what I started to wonder is if each of these stories is taking, and, I, and I'm not just wondering this. I think there's a lot of evidence to support this. Each one of these stories, Genesis 1, Genesis 2, Genesis 3, Genesis 4, and now Genesis 5, if they're all taking an ancient Near Eastern mythology story mm-hmm. and then saying, yeah, that is how it was, but actually it was like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I I wonder if we're actually supposed to be comparing and contrasting every single story with another story mm-hmm. and noticing the difference. And obviously that's really hard because we don't have those stories it's been a while. <laughs> next yeah. to us, right. but um, if we can see the difference between a bloody war beginning and a speaking out, we're supposed to be noticing that difference there. If we're supposed to be hearing a story about how humans were made from the blood of that war and made to serve gods as slaves, mm-hmm. but then we see humans made like a, like a potter creates clay and then made for beauty and taking care of things, like that's that's a huge contrast. Um, and then we see, you know, how evil enters into the world and it's actually not God who does it as opposed, you know, it's this like other thing. And then that thing, you know, is infecting humanity rather than like triumphing over it or whatever. And then we get to Genesis five where it's like, Oh, and our Kings live forever and became gods. And this one's actually like Mm -hmm. our ancestors. We don't like, don't kid yourself. They died. Like Mm -hmm. they died. They died. They died
1: some of them they lived a pretty long time but they still died yeah,
2: yeah. well and the, I I I'm going to choose to ignore the lived a pretty long time part cuz like I can't for the life of me yeah. understand like cuz once again anybody reading this I think even an ancient Near Eastern person is like that's a long time to live <laughs> like 90 years old and then had a kid like lived nine hundred. like that seems irregular but maybe they with which is like this is not knowledge or background that I could possibly have being my right. American self maybe they they're looking at that and then also looking at like the Egyptian decree on the wall, you know, right. and they're like, oh, like this, it this is, is different.
1: A really short. Yeah, yeah. What's the, what's the difference? And I think that's the important part. Is they're like they're probably yeah holding this is this is in dialogue with those other stories. Mm-hmm. And so you, if you look at this and you see those hundreds of years, you're probably supposed to think, oh, these people were probably important. Yeah. But not as important as they've been made out to yeah. be. And I will say, like, as far as numbers go, I mean, Enoch living 300 years, like, that is important. Mm-hmm. Like, we know three is a biblical number. Mm-hmm. Three times, like, three times 100 is probably supposed to be important. But um, what I think is interesting here is, I, I don't remember the transition from four, and I'm just... Okay, so, so we have got the word Elohim, back introduced into four and five, which is different from... Mm-hmm. From Yahweh. Yeah. So... Um, I don't, I don't think this is necessarily taking any liberties with that. I think it's probably just understood the same way we understand God now. It's like a singular thing. But um, we're, we're kind of using those interchangeably now. Right. So we have Lord and then God and then Lord and then God. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. And I guess that's, that is the next thing. So Enoch. I mean, mm-hmm. so the and he died thing, I, I agree with you that that's important. I think it's a continuation from God saying you'll surely die. Um, my NIV audiobook person thinks it's really important because he takes a huge pause. He goes, 195 years, and then he died. <laughs> like, <laughs> he, he makes it so dramatic. Um, but Enoch doesn't die.
0: Yeah.
2: So, so all the days of Enoch were 365 years, number of days in the calendar, interesting. Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him, is the NASB. Yep. So, I mean, we were just talking about how the died part, and I agree that the died part is important. Enoch is assimilated into God, or he's taken by God, or whatever that means.
1: I might have just read this wrong too, but I think there are seven people before Enoch, mm-hmm. which is probably also important.
2: Well, we've noted that seven is an important, yeah. uh, important number, and we'll see Lamech here. Uh, he lives seven hundred and seventy-seven years, which he was just boasting about sevens earlier. Well, I, I want to talk about that too. Yeah.
1: Oh, so one other thing about this story that I think is interesting is that and he was not. So this is like a negation. This is basically and he was nothing. And it's interesting that they use this here because this is, like, if we go back to the creation story, we have, like, void and everything, right. and that is not nothing. Right. Like, it's not something being created out of nothing. Mm-hmm. This is literally, he's just, he's just no no more, right. which is so weird. That, like, what that, a weird way to put that. Well, that's
2: the scariest end I can ever think to a life that I've lived here. But, uh, I mean, <laughs> at least we have this part, right? For God took him. He was literally nothing on <laughs> <in> creation, <laughs> but I, well, not, and God yeah. took him. So yeah. that part, I mean... I don't think we're going to have an answer for, that. like, of all the vagueness in Genesis, this is like, what, three sentences? And it's like, mm-hmm. who is Enoch? And we have the book of Enoch, but, like, I, I bet that that's a little detached, you know, from all of this. So it's it's not necessarily yeah. the source of truth on who Enoch is and why he was taken to God or taken by God. But once again, like, another piece that's frustrated me in this, in this very confusing book. You get to Enoch. You have this pattern. He breaks the pattern. You have no idea why. He doesn't die. People are living a thousand years. It's yeah. all
1: just. His, uh, for what this is worth, too, his name means dedicated. So, it could go. be pointing towards dedicated. that he was maybe the most dedicated. Mm-hmm. And that's, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Could take something out of that. I don't know what. Okay. There okay. you go. Yep.
2: <laughs> okay, well, next thing.
0: Yeah. So yeah. then we get to another Lamech.
2: Well, is this the same Lamech or is this a different Lamech? It is
0: a
1: different Lamech.
2: He yeah. has the same father.
1: So stop, is this, stop. yep, and Methuselah became the father oh, of Lamech, Lamech took two wives.
2: So. Tim says yeah. he's not the same Lamech. I know, Lamech I,
1: it's because of what Lamech means, right? Isn't it an inversion on... King. King.
2: So, yeah, so what's again?
1: So, I mean, why, 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 I mean, I haven't heard him talk about it. Why would he say he's not the same Lamech? I don't remember. Um, Because it's two different
0: genealogies. Um, So, let's see, Lamech, Lamech is Methuselah's father, now Enoch... Four. Enoch was born Irad, and Irad to Methuselah. Um, oh. Interesting. So Cain, Cain gives birth to Enoch, and then Enoch to Methuselah, and then Methuselah Lamech, and then here we have Enoch, Enoch to Irad Jared. Irad to the... Jared gives birth to Enoch, and well, then Cain, Enoch. Oh, you're looking for yeah. Me. This is the second one. This is first. There's not have a lot of, of names back Adam. then. Jared gives birth to Enoch, and then Enoch, Methuselah. So the the grandfather of this Lamech is Jared, um, and then in the other one, the grandfather of that Enoch is Cain.
2: Yeah. Piece of this that was confusing. Yeah. The two, gener- the two names, not generations, the two names are the same, and so I feel like, it, are we supposed to just notice that they are two different Lamechs, or... Is a part of us supposed to think that they're the same Lamech? Because then I was like, holy cow, this supervillain is Noah's dad. Like, that's kind of weird.
0: Yeah. I, I think we're supposed to see the parallelism, but then notice the difference. I think that's why it's so explicit it is like, oh, there's a Methuselah and a Lamech in this one. And the other one, the Lamech was really, really bad. And he, yeah, he gave birth to like this really not good stuff. And then now. This Lamech is giving birth to Noah, who will give us rest from our labors. Okay. Well, I think
2: that this is important for us to pronounce through yeah. this episode.
0: Yeah. This
2: Lamech is different than the Lamech in the previous chapter. Because this was like my hundredth time reading this, and I'm still like, is he the same or well, is he different?
1: They, they don't make it easy. No. no they they
2: gave him the exact same name. At a somewhat close look. He has the exact same father's name. So, no.
1: like... I just said they don't make it easy, but they kind of do. They give it to us right <laughs> there. But yeah. this isn't the way we think about it. And also, like, if I was introducing a Lamech into a story, and I already had a Lamech, I would make it very clear that this is Lamech. Lamech grandson G- of <laughs> yes.
2: Yeah. Well, and once again, this is me speaking into sixteen-year-old Harry's ear. Yeah. yeah. When like he just blows through the genealogy because it's like, like we like it's hard for us to get anything out of it, mm-hmm. let alone like a, somebody like that. And he gets to the same name after cruising through the geology that was like not important and he's like wait no his dad is a supervillain I think it's important for us to say that we agree that this is a different person
0: yeah I think I although think
2: so. Lamech this Lamech
1: lives 777 years so there were two Lamechs two Methuselahs and two Enochs yeah so it's not,
0: not two Enochs I don't think no two Enochs as well this is Cain, dumb <laughs> so it's a great grandfather Cain gives birth to an Enoch and then Jared gives birth to an Enoch
2: this is yeah. ridiculous yep
0: so yeah, they are they are two different ones. Um and it's confusing, but I think it's intentional as well. So that's just this is the part meditation part. You sit on it and oh say, Why, Why is it like that? Yeah. So that's we get um Noah, whose name essentially means rest. Um, Noah. Yeah. Noah. Um, because I think the word nuach is actually the rest. That's the Hebrew word rest, so we're supposed to notice that it sounds similar because it says, and then Lamech gives birth to Noach, who will give us nuach.
2: It's like if I was like, my name's LL Cool J, you'd probably think I was pretty cool. Yeah, Yeah.
0: exactly. Um, (laughs) Exactly like that. (laughs) So then then we get to Genesis 6, um, which starts a new story. Um, but beginning with Noah. And so the reason I call it a new story is because we had the other stories that were in comparison to the other Near Eastern mythologies. This one would also have been compared to Near Eastern mythologies. Every every Near Eastern, and when I say that, I mean like the Egypt and the area that surrounds like the Red Sea and the Dead Sea, That these um, ancient cultures, they all had uh origin story that included a global flood or a very very big flood
2: and egypt um historically is is actually comparatively well kept mm-hmm. like it's it's so it's not easy but like it's somewhat easy for historians to compare and contrast between a text like we're reading and uh, egyptian mythology or egyptian right. origins or um you know egyptian genealogies like it's it's actually um Easier to compare just because of so well kept, uh, because it's so well kept. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I think I think we're supposed to be reading this story in light of a comparison to another story, mm. um, which is is hard. But you know, I just think it's important. And the yeah. thing that really brought this out to me to say, I don't think this is supposed to be a literal story of what happened in a flood. Um, as opposed to a comparison story to another mythology, is what actually happens in, happens in Genesis 6, verse 4. And it says, The Nephilim were on the earth in those days, and also afterward, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men. So, we can talk about this, and we will. <laughs> we will, but first, I, I just want to say, so, there, there's this group of people, or something, called the Nephilim, and they were on the earth in those days and also afterward. So, later, it says everything was destroyed except for Noah and the people on the ark and the the animals on the ark. But now, so. <laughs> if everything was destroyed except for them, including the Nephilim, A, how would they have been on the earth in those days and oh, also afterward? And B, I read earlier this week... In the story of Leviticus, that when they're going into the land of Canaan, who's there? The freaking the Nephilim. Nephilim. Mm. So clearly, they didn't, to me at least, this, this was my takeaway from this. I don't think the Israelites saw this as a literal everything died in a flood story. Mm-hmm. So the question is why is it here?
2: <laughs> yeah. Because once again, growing up, and even, so this is one of those stories that's been uh, boiled down to a children's story. Mm-hmm. Noah, Noah and his ark. Noah's ark. Yeah. It And then like the point of that is straight up people were bad. Noah saved the animals and, and humanity. God killed everything because it was bad. And then he gave uh, Noah the charge to repopulate the earth and everything was good after that. That's not the point of this story, I don't yeah, think. God.
1: And I think it's so funny how like and I don't know how long it's been this way, but we've almost like inverted the way we think about this story, which we do about a lot of stories. But we we, we, we see this story now as like 21st century Americans. We're like, man, God was not a nice guy. Yeah. When really the whole point is that he chose to save humanity. Right. And it's yeah. like... When did that happen? Mm-hmm. And I, I I agree that if someone did that now that was like, I have the power to kill everybody but I'm going to save a few people, mm-hmm. Like that would seem evil to us. Right, right. But it's just like, yeah. that's not the way it was originally taken. It was, oh, we have a we have a gracious God yeah. that's willing to let people live even though they don't deserve it. Yeah,
2: and, and if you're not thinking of the design patterns or if you're not thinking right. of the, the Near Eastern literature comparisons, which, like, it's it's not easy to have those things at the forefront of your mind all the time. Number one, you need to heard about it or you need to study it and you need to know it. Or number two, you need to block out the voice in your head that's like, that's so mean of God to do that, which is screaming all the time.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And,
2: and then you need to observe the text objectively. All, all three of those things are super difficult and take a lot of time to do.
1: Absolutely. Yeah um yeah i don't know if we want to go into the nephilim it's very confusing we're gonna
0: yeah we have to make a decision right now and i think we're gonna have to decide to breeze over that stuff for now which really sucks because if if our goal is to get to chapter 11 this is our decision we're making right now either we skip it and get to chapter 11 or we don't skip it, and we don't get to chapter seven. I
2: feel like we've gotten, uh, yeah. I feel like we've gotten halfway. I feel like we don't get to it, and we do four through seven.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's fine with me too. Because yeah. I don't want to breathe. Um, I want to breeze through seven. Although through I will say, I feel like the Noah story begins in chapter six and doesn't end until chapter nine. Okay. Um, well,
2: let, let let's talk about the nephilim, as my people say, yeah. or the nephilim, and then let's talk about Noah next time. Okay, because I think I think Noah is actually That's right. a super important character. Yeah. we shouldn't we shouldn't give him right. ten minutes. We'll
0: we'll we'll end we'll end up at Noah then, um, and start the story of Noah next time. But okay, so <laughs> let's let's read it then. Here's Genesis six, uh, verse one. Now it came about. When men began to multiply on the face of the land. Okay, that's good. That's what they were supposed to do, right? I know, I know that
1: language. Yeah. Well done, everyone. Yeah, yeah,
0: good job. And daughters were born to them. Okay. Okay, the sons of God saw that the daughters of men were good. Oh, no. Uh,
1: Desirable again. Yes, they saw,
0: they saw that they were good, and they took... Wives for themselves. That's
2: not good either.
0: Whomever they chose. That's so, a bad combo. This is part of the reason why we labored last time on that seeing the desirable thing and taking it because she now, saw that
2: the fruit was good for gaining knowledge, yes, and so and she,
0: she took, took some. So now we get the same exact language, and we could talk about it. But the sons of God, so we'll talk about who that is. Yeah. See that the daughters of men are desirable with their eyes, and they take wives. For themselves, so we got that same language that's recropping up from Genesis three, mm-hmm. but this time instead of Eve seeing taking, it is the sons of God. So yeah. what's going on here?
2: Well, and a couple of things. We just I, I mentioned the Book of Enoch. If you want to know what's going on here, you can read that. It's it's uh, not in the canon, so take that with a grain of salt or whatever. Like I have, I have really no strong um, opinion there. But if once again, if. You're wondering who the sons of God are. If you're wondering why them Mm -hmm. taking the daughters of man is all like, if you want to know about that story, the book of Enoch will tell that story. What we're trying to say is that's not the point. What is the point is look at that design pattern. This should not have happened. This was bad.
1: This is bad. And if you read the book of Enoch, just understand that that book was written very much later Mm -hmm. than Genesis. So you are going to, it's going to be a quite a different story than what you're getting here. Yeah. That's one thing we do know about Genesis because yeah. that was written much earlier. Well, there we go, yeah. So
0: earlier we had a, a problem and that problem was God talks in the plural sometimes and he what? says let us go down and do things. Now here we are given these characters that we've not heard from before called the sons of God. Wait a second. Does God have sons? What's the
2: deal with and, this? And also, the sons of God—they don't—they don't sound like synonymous with humans,
0: and they don't sound very good no. either. No, because they, they're, they, they're admitting what, <laughs> yeah. what Genesis four has told us is sin mm-hmm. at this point. So, who are these sons of God? And perhaps are we nearing the uh, another solution, another po- possible reason as to why God says, "Let us go do things."
2: Because he's got sons, bro.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. So, <laughs> there's two prevailing thoughts on who the sons of God are. And these are the two that I know. There's probably more than two. But the two that are interesting, I think, or at least one of them, is that they could be heavenly beings, such as angels. That's like a very traditional thought, that these are actually angels. And then there's the other thought that's probably a lot less traditional, is that these are um, kings. And that is the very literal, like, that's kind of the, okay, We now that we know they're kings, like, the Nephilim is just a race of people. Mm -hmm. It's not anything special, it's just, that's what it is.
2: And and here's my uh, slim little bit of Near Eastern knowledge, is that I do know that pharaohs and kings, back in this day, they called themselves the son of God. Yeah. or, Or a son of a god, or whatever. Like, they really did believe that they were gods. They felt like they were immortal and Descendant from gods
0: yeah yeah and so there's there's the credation to why you might believe that they're kings mm-hmm. the credation to why you might believe they're heavenly beings is because in hebrew saying the sons of something was a way of saying the same class of that something mm-hmm. um so if we were to say the sons of the piano the pianist Mm-hmm. We would be saying, here is the pianist and all the other pianists that he is a part of. Mm-hmm. Like, they're all pianists. Mm-hmm. That's what we'd be part saying. of the class of. Yeah, the sons of the pianists. Mm-hmm. Um, but here we have the sons of God. So we could be saying, hey, you know how the pagan kings call themselves the sons of God? Mm-hmm. Here's who we're talking about. Or we could be saying, hey, you know the other beings that are of the same class as God. Um, and so that raises the question, well, who are the other beings that are of the same class of God? Should we discount that theory? Because we haven't heard of anything like that yet.
2: Right. Mm -hmm. And, and is that important? Is that the important part of this story? Because it actually could be either one. It could be a dig at kings and pharaohs. It could be, um, ethereal beings. Um, what, and and I, I would actually lean towards the, the right hand, um, that second one, because, then they produce the Nephilim. You know, I think that that's somewhat inferred. And those people are mighty men of old, men of renown. Like, once again, I've said superheroes a lot of times here. So like, that seems to me like a superhero. Um, but they're bad. They do bad things. You know they're what's interesting God's here,
1: ties. too? Is like, this is not explicitly saying the Nephilim are children, offspring of the Son of Man. No, it doesn't. It just, just, just says
0: this was the same time period. Yeah. So, yeah. Nephilim
2: were on the other these days. When the sons of man came into the daughters of men. yeah, but it's not children to them.
1: It's not saying that they're offspring; it's saying they existed during the same time. Which is, yeah, it's just something that this commentary said that I've never thought of. I'm like, what? (laughs) I I
2: have heard once again in in listening to a lot of the people. I don't think this is the Bible Project. I've heard that the Nephilim are like supposed to be the offspring of the sons of God, and I actually believe in the Book of Enoch. That's what they say as well.
1: So, right, so that might have been the prevailing thought then, and. You know, but, but here it's I, we, d- we don't know. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I think yeah. There's the Nephilim are referenced in outside of the Book of 2 in Numbers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that that helps us at all. But well, we have
2: this we have the cherubim, we have the Nephilim, and we also have the seraphim. You know, mm-hmm. so we like we don't need to go into that either. But there's a lot of things like yeah. when cherubim was just like thrown in there, we were like, uh, who is this? Well, right. What are these guys? Like they're just. Yeah.
0: That is true, and because we had that one other instance already of a type of being that was neither human
1: nor animal, he did have a flaming sword. Yes, and spinning flaming, flaming sword. sword. <laughs> no, that was just in the sky. That was whirling. Oh yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. We we can infer that like there are these other kinds of beings, and when cherubim are displayed on the Ark of the Covenant later on, they're displayed as winged fantastic creatures Mm -hmm. um that we have never seen before Mm -hmm. so we can assume that that is an artistic representation of some sort of angelic being or Mm -hmm. heavenly being and so i think that there is good good evidence on both sides to say what this is but it's possible that we're given right here A very small um, snippet of what could be seen as the heavenly fall story, just like we saw the humanity's fall story Mm -hmm. of the seeing what is desirable and taking. If we're to put this as these are divine beings, heavenly Mm -hmm. beings who are also seeing and desiring and taking, we have a mirrored fall. Mm -hmm. And just like the serpent was tempting Eve to say, hey, don't you want to be like God? Now here, the God, the, the divine beings, the gods, if you want to put it that way, the heavenly beings are saying, hey, don't we want to be like humans? Mm-hmm. We want to take the human role. And so before, if mm-hmm. we're going to live in that in that mindset, we had the sun, moon, and stars that were given authority over the heavens. Mm-hmm. And then we had the humans that were given authority over the earth humans desired that heavenly authority and now we see a similar story where the heavenly beings are desiring human authority so where there was a separation now sin enters in and intermingles Mm -hmm. those things and confuses them and tricks them into what their roles were supposed to be and now says hey I know this is your role, but wouldn't it be great if you had more than that? Hmm. And, once again,
2: I think the point is, regardless of who the characters are, regardless of what we're going to classify them as, like Hayden says, this is once again with the same language, just with different people in different roles, whoever they are, whether they're whatever, you have the serpent, the seed of the woman, conflicting with the the, the seed of the serpent. Mm -hmm. You have that same deception, that same mistake happening where they see and they take and that's against humanity in this you know because they see that the daughters of men were beautiful and they took them for themselves and the lord doesn't like it it's bad it's it's judged as bad so like we we once again i get caught up on the like i think it's important for us to talk about the sons of god and the nephilim because mm-hmm. once again it just like strikes you as like what the heck is going on here yeah it's good to talk about it but the point is in the very first two sentences there's that same conflict between the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent, and it results in something bad happening once again when they see and they take.
1: Yeah. It is interesting, too. This is another one of those words that the Bible just just doesn't translate. Mm-hmm. Like, why why does it do that? Like, how like why does it do that with that but not Elohim? Right. Which is, like, I don't know. It just It's confusing. Like yeah, yeah. it's very frustrating. But, yeah, so you see this word and you go, I don't know what that is, and then even more confusion because... Yeah, I think they don't translate it because it's probably very difficult to translate. Mm-hmm. This says it could mean the fallen ones, which just opens up another whole can of worms. So it's we're pretty, not we're not going to go into that. It's pretty dope. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. So let's we uh, got Genesis four, five, and six. Yeah, I'll <laughs> say where we
2: where we ended. Four, five, and not even six.
0: Yeah, because where five, we ended,
2: six. God saw that the wickedness was great on the earth. Every intent of the thoughts of the heart was only evil. That sucks. God it, decides it nice. to blot out man from the face of the land. Um, he's sorry that he's made them, and then Noah is introduced. But Noah yeah.
0: found favor in the eyes of the Lord. And so we'll pick up with mm. with Noah. Mm-hmm. Kinda like, all right. Abel. Yeah, kinda mm. like Abel. Yeah, kind of like Abel. Kind of like Adam, too, in a couple ways. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Canyon Coffee Roasters for fueling every one of our conversations. If you are only listening, you don't see it, but we are drinking a cup of Canyon every time we talk together thanks to John Jones project and clink who are making the music that you hear in the background thank you for making awesome stuff that we get to share with the people that are listening to our podcast and thank you guys for tuning in and always feel free to let us know if you have questions or things you want to talk about or if you want to be on the show we'd love to have you as well all right thanks we'll see you next time